0: Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley.
1: Good morning,
2: Vietnam!
1: I have you now. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Hello!
2: My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once
3: in a while. You could miss it. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious-
4: You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. So Jeff, you were talking about that time that you were in the library with your kids?
0: Yeah, when I brought my students uh to do research in the library and you were walking through and I think I just asked you like how things were going because I think you just you just started the uh, the coaching position.
4: Yeah, in- I think I was I think I was installing a whole bunch of apps on the iPads that were in the library cart. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. That was just like, hey,
0: so how's it going? And your response was.
4: Oh, my my. And I am so proud, so proud of this student for getting the whole thing. But yeah, no, my response was, Jeff, you know, I I think you actually invited me to come to your classroom for something. That could have been. I think it was because then I think my response was, Jeff, you know how much I love to watch you work, but I've got my country's 500th anniversary to plan, my wedding to arrange, my wife to murder, and Gilder to frame for it. I'm swamped. And then the student, you had like a couple of students that were on the computers just like a few feet away and one of them started giggling. No. And the other yeah. one didn't understand why.
1: Did you ever confirm? Yeah, and the kid was
4: like, That's from a movie.
1: <laughs> okay, I was going to say, did you ever confirm that the kid wasn't just giggling because that's the silliest thing he'd ever heard?
0: Or... No, the, the kid knew exactly what it was from. Yeah.
1: Excellent. That's
4: outstanding. I, I said, you know, give that kid an A right away.
1: So the no funny other thing it's funny that that was the line you were referencing because the day I went to sit down and watch the movie I was listening to another podcast and that line gets, dare you? and that line gets referenced completely Other out of nowhere doing? in relation to Star Trek I think of all things in the podcast I was listening to oh and I, they, they dropped it in in such a way that I, I heard it and I was on the treadmill at the gym as I'm listening to this And I busted a gut. Everybody around me is looking at me like, what is wrong with this guy? Yeah. But, you know, you hear that line drop. You just, you gotta, it's just too good. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Well, we are, uh, we are on episode number 125. So we are on our, what do you call that when it's 125? It's not like a sesquicentennial. Is it a quatricentennial? Something like that. Yeah, we'll do, that's what we're going to call it. We're on our quatercentennial. Well, we'll look at some point. but I'm not going to look it up right now. Um, we are on episode number 125. This is the 30-something movie podcast, and you are joining us for our Princess Bride episode. Um, we've probably been looking for this, looking forward to this one for a while because it is probably the most quotable movie ever. Yeah. Um, so just very, very quickly before we get into our other stuff, we do spoil the events of the movies we talk about. So if you have not seen Princess Bride yet, first of all, what's wrong with you?
3: Yeah, why have you not Where seen Where have
4: it? you been? Yeah. You apparently also have never been on the internet because I don't know that you can go more than much more than a week without seeing some kind of a reference to the Princess Bride somewhere on the internet. I, it, to me, it's totally inconceivable that you never would have seen the Princess Bride.
1: I don't think you know what that word means. (laughs) I think you don't know what that
4: word means. I'm an English teacher. I know exactly what that word means.
1: (laughs) By the way, it is a centennial.
4: A centennial? Yep. God bless you. Mm
1: -hmm. I like the Sasquatch centennial. The Sasquatch
4: centennial. Okay, this is our Sasquatch centennial.
1: I resemble that remark. Yes, if, I, if I didn't think there'll be a better episode title in the rest of the conversation, Sasquatch Centennial would
4: Sasquatch be, Centennial, Our Sasquatch and Centennial episode, if I can even say it.
1: Would be solid, but I think something better is going to come from this. I, I'm just saying.
4: We'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> All right, but we do spoil the events of the movie. So if you, for some reason, have been living under a rock somewhere that Fezik the Giant has thrown at your head... All but, right. um, then you, you we're going to spoil this movie. So uh, if you could also, before we get going with all this, if you could, uh, if you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know what you're liking about the show. We've got a couple people, uh, a couple other podcasts and other listeners that have done that lately, and we very much appreciate that. So if you are enjoying the show, then please feel free to let us know what you're enjoying about it uh, and leave us a review there. Tonight, I am joined by several of my co-hosts. I've got Jeff mazuka Hi. Pat Canagallo.
1: Hey, hey.
4: And Bo Warmbold.
1: Anybody want a peanut?
4: Actually, I, I wouldn't mind one. Do you have one?
1: Uh, I'm sure I do in the kitchen. I'd have to go look. Okay. All right.
4: Um, so very, very quickly, before we get into the Princess Bride stuff, I want to Speaking do in of kitchen, Patrick, stop doing your dishes.
5: What, is, <laughs> is that, that really... really is, yeah, is that really annoying you that badly?
0: Oh, my God. I put up with it all last week. I, can, I don't <laughs> know if I can do
5: that again. Right, oh, see, I just right. thought it was static.
4: I didn't know you were doing your dishes.
5: Well, you know, I can, but I can't guarantee I'm going to be awake in five minutes. All right. No, all, right all
4: right. That's also true.
5: I'm just about done. Just calm yourself. And calm
4: uh, a yourself couple of things really, really quick, because so, we figured we're going to be quoting Princess Bride left and right. and This may be a longer than usual episode. So very, very quickly, I wanted to jump into a couple of new movie news things. An episode uh, of Unusual Sizes? Yes. The two things I had new movie news wise are uh, kind of related to each other. There was I don't know that we have a, that we've had a chance on the show to talk about the new Justice League trailer that came out. Oh my out. god! Okay, that and the announcement just the other day that Joss Whedon is going to be doing a standalone Girl movie. Oh my god! So and we do. I don't think we've talked about those things yet.
1: No, we, well, not, have well, we not. and, well, and, we and we've been on spring
4: well, break, so I haven't even. Seen have we talked about the? Uh,
0: Spider-Man trailer.
4: I don't even think we've talked about the Spider-Man trailer.
0: Or the It trailer.
4: Or the It trailer.
0: We got a lot of trailers to cover right now.
4: Okay, trailer talk. We do we do have a trailer <laughs> Thank song. You. Didn't we? Thank you. Dude, we we had a the trailer song.
1: Okay.
4: Oh
1: that,
4: that doesn't end well.
5: that makes me want to paddle faster i hear banjos
4: Uh uh-huh yeah i did that that doesn't that doesn't come out well in the end um so
5: oh man
4: what i'm I'm just trying to move us along for the sake of time here i don't know what you guys are
5: i hear that a lot anyway i'm
4: just trying to get to just trying to get to the bottom of this (laughs) so um all right so let's let's talk about these trailers really quick first of all uh let's do it
0: There you
5: go. She's all ready, Captain. Thanks, Billy.
2: to or disappear six times the national average. And that's just grown-ups. Kids are worse.
5: Way, way worse. We all float
2: down here. I saw something. There was this It's all connected by the sewers, that's where it lives.
0: this move this trailer equally excited me and terrified me I I can't tell you the last time I wanted to and didn't want to see a movie
4: and I'm not so, even I like I'm not afraid of I'm not scared of clowns but yeah I don't know if I can watch this movie I don't know if I can watch it in the theater
0: Boer Pat did you
4: get a chance to see the it
5: trailer I watched the it trailer I have not seen it Pat what did you think you're you're not a uh
0: a horror scary movie kind of guy.
5: I'm not a scary movie guy. Well, you know, all right. So I, I kind of watched it with like the uh, I borrowed the family iPad. And so I like held it at arm's length with the volume down and, and angled it away. So I think I got like it trailer light. And then I got through it and then I watched it again. And uh yeah, man, that's uh it's some definitely some scary stuff. I'm gonna I'm gonna stand by my earlier question that I get a little angry when they always go after kids. So I was kind of torn between like you you like you guys were saying torn between wanting to see the movie and torn between like being totally freaked out or maybe or scared. I don't know if you're totally freaked out. I was kind of in between totally freaked out and just anger at why are they going after kids? It was definitely freaky, man. That thing uh yeah, yeah, that that made you jump.
0: It is a much different Take on Pennywise and what Tim Curry did with it. Not that Tim Curry's was bad. Tim Curry was awesome as Pennywise in the TV movie of okay. it. Yeah, this new one just looks. It, it's from what I hear. It's it's much closer to the source material of the novel, and it really brings the freak factor to it.
5: Now I got. I want to ask a question. I don't want to. I want John and and uh, Bo to jump in here with this. I haven't seen the original uh it and any, or i haven't read the book so i i kind of know of it could you elaborate that on on that a little bit like what what you see are the difference
1: the scuttlebutt on the new trailer just makes it sound darker and- well and, and that's
0: exactly it i mean the the first movie version of it you it was made for tv so it, oh, yeah. it, it it could only go so far uh to be broadcast on know two five seven nine what you know one of those channels it was still frightening and intense and uncomfortable but you know the the idea when you have a an unspecified monster that does seek out children and the the form that he most commonly takes is uh is the form of this clown pennywise it makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up a little bit so then like I said in this new version it seemingly is supposed to be going in a much darker tone, which I guess matches the novel. I've never read the novel. Um, it's been on my list of things that I would love to read. Uh, but at the same time, from what I hear, I may not want to read the novel because the novel is supposed to be pretty scary in and of itself. I have it on my list to read this summer. We'll see if I actually follow through with
4: that. Yeah, I've never read the novel either. I I don't know that I've ever read anything by Stephen King. Oh, it's, it's he's so great. I started to read The Stand a few years ago and then I just, I, I put it aside for a little bit and I never came back to it. But I would be curious to go. if I'm going to go see the movie when it comes out, I'd be curious to, th- I want to see, I, I would like to read the book and then I would like to go back and rewatch. Cause I, I think I've only seen the original it maybe once. And that was many years ago. I own it. So if you ever want to
0: borrow it, let You're, me know. I might
4: borrow it from you. You know, whenever, whenever we have a movie night with the kids and I show them the funny clown movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then watch as they never sleep again.
5: Yes. See, I want to see the big, bad, tough clown go up against like the wrong kid. It tries to take on the X twenty three.
4: It could be like a Freddy versus Jason kind of movie.
5: Yeah, I'd like to see that one. Maybe I'll make that.
4: You have Maybe Pennywise that. versus Ronald McDonald.
5: Well, yeah, that would be one way.
4: You have Pennywise versus the Joker. That could be a good movie.
5: That Killed Pennywise with
4: obesity. There you go. Steal that famous line from the uh, Day of the Dead. Choke on it. Choke on it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What about, so you mentioned the Spider-Man Homecoming trailer. I guess we haven't had a chance. Well, we've been on spring break, so we really haven't talked to each other much in the last week. But um, Spider-Man Homecoming trailer came out.
2: What's up, guys? So, to become an Avenger, are
0: there like trials or an interview? Do me a favor. Can't you just be a friendly neighborhood
1: Spider Man? Just stay close to the ground. You're the Spider Man from YouTube. Can you summon an army of spiders?
2: No, Ned, no. Do you know him too?
1: I stole a shield.
2: Can I try the suit on?
1: Badass
2: the rich and the powerful, like Stark, they don't care about us. The world's changing, boys. Time we change, too. These weapons are crazy dangerous. Listen, Peter,
0: forget the flying monster guy. There are people who handle this sort of thing.
1: The illegal weapons ferry was at 2.30. You missed it.
2: somebody had died. I was just trying
0: to be like you. I wanted you to be better. I'm going to need the suit back. But I'm nothing without this suit. If you're nothing without this suit, then you shouldn't have it. I screwed up.
2: You need to stop carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. I want you to understand. I'll do anything to protect my family. I know you know what I'm talking about. So don't mess with me. I will kill you and everybody you love.
4: My friends are up there. That
5: guy is still out there. I've just got to do this on my own.
2: Just don't do anything stupid. I got this. All right.
1: Yeah. I didn't. Yes, that one I saw.
5: Okay, Okay, well, well, and here's the thing you guys feel free to spoil me. (laughs) Uh, But that popped up on the CNN thing. Like my CNN homepage or webpage, it popped up as Did the Spider Man trailer go too far? And I was like, Dude, what are they talking about? And then it was like, Did this give away too much? Did they reveal too much? Is this good? So I didn't watch it yet because I actually wanted to hear what you guys which you guys said, whether, Hey, avoid it or see it because I heard there was controversy.
4: Well, I can't think of anything controversial about it. Yeah. I, mean,
0: I don't know if it necessarily gave anything away. I mean, I, I think my takeaway is that it's very heavy in terms of, uh, Tony Stark being involved in being a mentor for Spider-Man.
5: Okay.
4: That, I did, yeah, I, I did see some of people criticize it and say, Oh, hey, look, it's Iron Man 4 homecoming.
5: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I
0: I had the same kind of thought when I watched it. It's that it was you know, he Tony Stark is very involved in 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 helping guide uh Peter Parker to be Spider-Man, almost to the point of like, well, this is it seems more like a, a buddy cop movie than a Spider Man
4: movie.
1: So,
4: uh, I wonder if that's the route that they're going to take with this are we in phase four now? Are we still on the tail end of phase three? I I think this is gonna be a phase four. Okay. I, I don't even know what phase we're in right now, but um because it seems like cause Thor is gonna be almost more of a buddy movie where it's gonna be Thor and Hulk. Um and I'm wondering if that's a if that's kind of a pattern that they're gonna follow with some of these is to team up a couple of heroes in each movie and do it that way. I I don't know if maybe we saw maybe we saw all of Tony Stark in the trailer that we're going to see in the movie, maybe that's it. Um you know, and he just shows up a couple of times and I'd be fine with that, but yeah. if he does, does show up more, I would be fine with that too. But I mean, I would like to see I would like to see this Spider-Man cuz it I'm I think that the supporting characters in this seem interesting enough that I would like to see him do a little bit more on his own and not have Tony Stark show up too much um you know I I like some of the stuff with his friend I I forget what his friend's name is and I love that scene in the trailer so Pat you'll have to watch it but I love that scene in the trailer where his friend asks like can can I try on the suit and he does and and obviously that suit does not friend does not fit him because he's a slightly larger friend yes Mm -hmm. so I, I think that the the supporting characters that you see in the trailers and you know yeah Pat's just gonna he's gonna see this movie anyway because of uh Marissa Tomei but yes um Yes. You know, I think with the supporting characters, I, while I don't mind Tony Stark being in there a little bit, I don't want him in there too much because I would rather see what these other characters can do because it sounds like, I thought I was reading something earlier today, they said that they're going to um, follow, I don't know exactly what this meant, but they were going to follow um, a Harry Potter pattern to these movies and have him, you know, progressing through school and, and do several sequels. And if that's mm-hmm. the case, then I don't think you want too much Iron Man As you're trying to get this up off the ground.
5: Well, it it looked good though,
4: and and Michael Keaton looked really good as the villain. Yes, agreed.
5: So, all right. So, but isn't that like, well, we haven't seen the movie, but I know in one of the trailers, wasn't wasn't the kid like, wasn't Peter Parker like saying, but we're all tired of, you know, this kid is like, hey, I don't want Iron Man like bossing me around, and you're saying that it's kind of like, why are they putting Iron Man? So maybe as if an audience, we're all kind of saying, okay, let this kid take flight, let this kid do his thing right maybe that all kind of
4: yeah uh did you guys get a chance to see the new justice league trailer
5: Not me. He's a Batman.
2: They said the Age of Heroes would never come again.
1: It has to. Hours again? I'm rich. like a bat. I dig it. Maybe temporary. Yeah!
4: How do you? How does it make you feel inside? Because we've talked about the other DC movies up to this point, and and Jeff, I definitely know how you feel about Suicide Squad. Um,
5: <laughs> Jeff, you what? didn't like that movie, Suicide Squad. Yeah,
0: I. I it was okay. I, just, right. I, I, I thought it was just really
5: safe. The mm-hmm. Oscar winner
4: Suicide Squad?
5: I'm going to slap <laughs> you tomorrow. Careful, careful. <laughs> careful! That's throwing down the E gauntlet. Wow. All
4: right, as of right now, it's one of the most prestigious movies in the DCEU.
1: <sighs> That's like being the tallest midget. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh. Okay, we're bringing that line back when we do Willow in a couple of years.
5: Yeah. Yes. I feel like the oh, Hobbits man. after they drink the end. Wait, um, so, so Jeff, you were like, it, it's not that you hate it, it's just you're kind of ho hum about it.
0: Yeah, I, th- I mean, they, you know, DC got, and Warner Brothers got a lot of flack for how dark Superman and Batman versus Superman was, or Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman was. So they tried to lighten it a little bit. I mean, they just took all these really rich characters and played them very vanilla and very safe and very uh they were they were very restricted
5: yeah i get what you're saying because i I mean i saw the movie too and i was kind of like meh okay i mean i don't necessarily want these two hours of my life back but eh, i don't necessarily know that i'm gonna watch it again
4: yeah and i still have not seen it yet i i checked it out from the library once and then just never got around to watching it so i still have not seen suicide squad i i would be curious i i'm hoping that when i do finally watch it, I'm watching the extended version because I guess it's got more of the Joker scenes that they cut from the theatrical in it. And I think, you know, if I'm watching it, that might be a good portion of the reason why I'd be watching it.
1: Yeah.
4: be curious to see what they do with that take on the Joker. So what about Justice League, though? So we saw the Justice League. Are you feeling better about the DC movies after seeing this trailer?
0: I don't know if I'd say I'm feeling better about the DC movies. I'm feeling okay about Justice League. In particular, I, I think that they really upped the game for Aquaman,
3: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. And he's not the uh, the laughable character that historically he's always been in terms of the league. So yeah. I'm really excited to see what they do with him and how they're going to utilize his character. Uh, but I mean, the the trailer just gave us so much to to look at and think about.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I kind of feel like Aquaman's going to be the to, to steal from the other side of the pond. Um, I feel like he's going to be kind of the Groot of this movie. Is he's going to steal the show?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, she might. Yeah, and I, and you know what? I'd be okay with that because it's a character that is there's so little known about unless you've been uh, reading the comics. Right. Well, so why not t- let a character like him, uh, you know, really steal the spotlight? You know, it's not like we're going to get beaten over the head with the same old story that we've been told time
5: and time again. Kind of how we felt with the Batman origin portion of every single movie that DC has come out with. Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of all, everybody knows what happened with Batman. Why put that in there? But with Aquaman, pearls. I mean, what was that? Pearls. Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> pearls on pavement.
0: <laughs> I heard somewhere actually that has something to do with being able to like retain rights for the story is you you have to share that part of the story mm-hmm. huh. um, okay which Hello. is why it comes up in every uh reimagining of telling that story cool. okay that would make sense
4: i guess
5: dude do we have a dennis Matouche in the house we do oh. do we really what? yeah oh hi dennis
4: hey. oh i thought dennis was dead
5: Dude, you know what? Every single time, all five of us, or six of us, or however many of us there are here, we need to play. We need to play. The boys are back in town. That needs to. You know what I'm saying? That just. I,
4: I, I can drop it in the background and post.
3: What about it's the a, song? It's a lot of work, fix it, though. Well, fix
1: it in post.
3: I'll fix it in post. Don't worry about. <laughs> it. I was watching the room. Sorry.
1: Yeah, oh, I'm I've back. I've
3: <laughs> so wait, who we got? Jeff not here or Jeff here? Jeff is here. Jeff, Jeff is here. Patch. Everybody. Okay, I see everybody. All right, we are got here. Wow, the whole
1: gang is
4: here, <laughs> and there's not a pizza involved. No, there's not. I, that's why I'm surprised you're here.
3: <laughs> well, it's yeah. the way. Well, I wanted to talk about the Princess Diaries. I really love that movie.
4: Okay. Well, we're,
3: <laughs> we're <doing this. laughs> Julie Andrews. Julie Andrews is my favorite in that one. Oh, I,
4: yeah. oh, I, I thought you were going to go in Hathaway.
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, she wasn't as you know accomplished at the time yet. Right.
1: So what you're saying is when Julia Roberts teaches Andre the Giant how to wax on and wax off, that's your favorite part?
0: I don't want to think about Andre the
3: Giant waxing <laughs> off. Wait, Andre the Giant play the Giant? <laughs> I thought that was Hector Elizondo.
1: <laughs> Anybody want a peanut? Oh, <sighs>
3: Can we mute Dennis's microphone, please? Sure, I, I have absolute power. You're tearing me apart, Lisa. <laughs> it's going to be me and Jeff making inside jokes all day. Oh,
4: God. And, 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 and Jeff, not, just for people who are listening, because they I did not are, hit
5: her. I did not. It's not true. Is this references to the room?
4: Yes, Jeff. Yeah. Oh, for, for those who don't know the five of us, Jeff. Brought his copy of the DVD, The Room, the Tommy Wiseau movie, The Room, and shared it with the rest of the group. Uh, Even uh, one of the other people that works at our school, she borrowed it over spring break, and she brought it back today, I think. And and she stopped in and and talked to me for a little bit. She's like, yeah, I had to do other things while I was watching it, but I I made it through watching the entire thing.
0: (laughs) So she's more of a man
3: than you are, John. Apparently, and that's fine. I'm okay with that. I'm telling you. You see, you you can't make it through the whole thing. That's not our fault. No well, now I'm now I'm it's not your fault. I'm uh, I, I, telling you, you have to. I could not not stop. So anyway,
0: yeah, it's so bad. You just kind of have to keep watching to see where it goes.
3: So apparently, you're all at the S <laughs> and
0: Anything for my
5: princess.
3: <laughs> Hi, doggy. <No. laughs>
5: I don't even know what I'm laughing about, and. I'm laughing. Yeah,
3: when you uh, you watch it, it'll be good. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anyway, so we're talking about Justice League. Yeah, sir. The the Justice, Justice League trailer. Okay. Didn't see it. Speaking
4: of speaking of tearing us apart, um, yeah. I mean, I I felt fine with it. I it looked like it would be good. It looked like they're they're trying to you know do a little bit more humor in it. I was more interested in the Justice League trailer than I was for suicide squad. But I also have really liked the Wonder Woman trailers. so i'm I'm hoping that they're kind of on the right track now with balancing out humor with a decent story. Um, so I you know I, I felt pretty good about it. I'll put it this way. I felt better about the Justice League trailer when I saw it versus the first time I saw a Batman versus Superman trailer. yeah. Because I went back and forth. Every time they came out with a new trailer for Batman versus Superman, every time I was like, oh, this looks good. Or the first one I saw, I was like, "Eh, I'm really worried about this. This does not look good. And then one would come out, and I'd be like, oh, okay, I I feel much better about this now. Then they would bring out a new one, and i changed change my mind again. But this one, I I feel much better right out of the gate. Mm -hmm. The tone of this movie.
5: Yeah. I hope they just, you know, it's it's easier for me to say, but sometimes it's just like, (laughs) You're making superhero movies. Let's not overthink this one. Let's right. just, just make a good movie. You know, it's like, sometimes, you know, you, you go back, you listen to Mike Dick talk about coaching the bears. And they say, yo, coach, what, what are you going to do to win the game? And he goes, come on, it's not rocket science. All you do, is you just score points, score touchdowns. You get more touchdowns, you the know, the team, you win the, win the game. And it's like, you just break it all down to just score more points. And I mean, I, I know it's not that simple, but in looking at these movies, it's just like, you know what? Don't overthink it. Don't try to make it extra dark or extra edgy or extra this or add this in just you're making a superhero movie just make a bloody superhero movie that's fun i've got a friend who does
4: another podcast and he said pretty much the same thing he said you know what don't uh, superhero movies he said as much as i'm an adult superhero movies superheroes are for kids and so don't necessarily try too hard to make adult superhero movies Mm -hmm. because they, they they usually seem to be more fun when it's something you could take your kids to
5: yeah yep
4: so exactly. I kind of feel that way with the DC movies too. I like they're almost they're, they've been trying too hard to be that kind of grim and gritty. Because even though I it just it was just maybe a couple weeks ago that I finally showed uh, John, who's nine, uh, Man of Steel, and I was mm-hmm. fine with showing him Man of Steel. I won't show him Batman versus Superman for a while, Mm-mm. yeah, because it's still it's it's a lot darker, and then we're not watching Suicide Squad, and
5: yeah, and it was also so. pretty bad.
3: Yeah, I was gonna say oh, you know, there's, there's that's yeah.
5: <laughs> yeah. Well, and and look at the DC movie. I mean, look at the you know Superman and Superman two. Those are awesome movies. Why it was a Superman movie? You just it you didn't overthink it. Superman, good guy, Gene Hackman, bad guy. Just good movie. All
4: right. Superman that, three was a Richard Pryor movie.
5: Yeah, there's, <laughs> then that's, there's that whole discussion.
0: And Superman um, four was just a pile of crap.
4: The Superman four. Superman four was that scene in Monty Python. Uh, and the Holy Grail, when they keep, they use the same footage to show them running towards the castle over and over again. Yep, they did the same thing with Superman four, just with him flying.
5: Yeah. Yep.
3: All right. So I just, I just saw the trailer. You know, like I said, there's two different categories. There's like that Justice League, Justice League sort of feel to movies where I start to see it, feel like Adventure's a little bit on a video game like type of special Mm -hmm. effects it's all based around there it always makes me worry is there lack of story versus filling it with the special effects you like when they can combine the two nicely Mm -hmm. and that that would be my only concern i don't know i'm not sure you know i didn't look at plot so much or what the story is about but you guys might know more than me about that yeah do you know what it's i mean is it following anything that we already know yes from what i know
4: and, and jeff you might know a little bit of this too so Feel free to to jump in if I'm getting any of this wrong. My understanding is it's going to kind of follow the story of when they rebooted the um, Justice League comic book a couple years ago. Which time? Yeah, more than a couple years ago. Um, was that 2011 when they did the new 52?
0: Was that 2011? It was
4: 2011, yeah. So it was, yeah. So about six years ago, when they rebooted all the comics and they took everything back to issue number one, they did a story in which this this big galactic villain, Darkseid, was coming from another planet, and he had these creatures called parademons, and they were the ones that were kind of like his soldiers. And he was trying to take over the Earth uh, by having them invade from across the universe. And so that was kind of what drew all of the heroes together, except instead of Aquaman, uh, it was Batman and Green Lantern that kind of were kind of antagonizing each other, kind of teaming up and antagonizing. But it, it kind of drew the rest of the heroes together and they didn't trust each other to begin with. And that was kind of the whole part of the story was them working together and starting to become a team. So from what I've heard, they're taking some of that and what I've seen in the trailer where you see like these figures that have wings and that are flying. I think that's supposed to be uh, what those characters are. And that's what they've kind of been hinting at in, um, in Batman versus Superman. They had um, a couple of things, a couple of items that would have been from a planet that's associated with dark side and, and with uh, figures that were called the new gods. And so I think you've, you've seen some of that in, and there was that creature at the end of Batman versus Superman that Lex Luthor was talking to.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And that was supposed to be, another character kind of affiliated with dark side. So I think in the same way that the Marvel movies are working towards having Thanos be the villain, uh, in the infinity war, I think the DC movies are working towards, you know, their own version of Thanos and having dark side come in and be the the villain for the justice league movies. Okay. So that's all I know as I've written. I mean, what it
3: says here is it says, fueled by his restored faith in humanity, inspired by Superman's selfless act, Bruce Wayne lists newfound ally, Diana Prince to face an even greater threat. doesn't really say what it is yet, but together Batman and Wonder Woman work quickly to recruit a team to stand against this newly awakened enemy. Um, So that's kind of, see, Cyborg with Flash, yeah. Maybe too late to save the planet from an assault of catastrophic proportions. Now, just i see that you know the director again is zach zach snyder which are you i've been somewhat disappointed by a lot of his stuff in a way is there what is your like what's his best his best movie so far in this category in this uh in the in this type of uh genre i mean so i pretty much it
4: i like watchman and i like man of steel i mean i still i know a lot so of I was, I was gonna
3: say watchman i was not say watchman for me i liked 300 was really good. Okay. Yeah, that's true. But like in the superhero uh, genre.
4: Yeah, I'd say Watchmen. Watchmen's probably his best. I mean, I yeah. of of between that one and Man of Steel, I'd re-watch Man of Steel more often, but in terms of quality, Watchmen's probably a better movie. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about him coming back to... like They keep giving him the directing job on these movies,
3: and I at this I'd point like to I kind of, see somebody different almost
4: right i mean i almost feel like it's the it's what george lucas turned into it was like okay we saw several movies with him and and really let somebody else do it because maybe Zack snyder has this vision and and maybe he would be good as a producer and he can just kind of be off to the side and offer some creative input but i would like to see different people come in and give it a try because i kind of feel like after batman versus superman i he had his chance, and I want to see somebody else. Mm-hmm. But, um, switching over really quick, because we do need to eventually get to talking about Princess Bride. Uh, so Joss Whedon apparently is betraying Marvel and coming on over to DC, and he's going to be doing a Batgirl movie, where Batgirl is supposedly the only hero in the entire
3: movie. Um, how do you feel about that? Did us see that. Do we know who the uh, – is Is it in production yet? It just got announced. Okay. Do we have a Batgirl lead? No. I, I didn't I see something yet. about – I think that's what's going to depend. I mean, uh, obviously the story, but I think who, who they choose will be an interesting
4: mm-hmm. – Well, and, and I, they
3: can carry it.
4: Right. And I thought it was kind of interesting. Just a few years ago, they kept saying that it didn't make sense to make a Wonder Woman movie because solo female superhero movies where the, the female is the lead character – those are not going to make money. And now all of a sudden <laughs> Wonder Woman, you've Batgirl, you've got uh, captain Marvel. They're going to do over on the Marvel side of things. Brie Larson is going to play captain Marvel. So, you know, I, I kind of, and, and people are more excited about those movies than they are any of the other ones. So I think they've kind of realized that that was stupid.
5: Yeah. That sounds pretty stupid. Look, yeah. all I'm going to say about wonder woman is like, okay. Uh, Tammy, my wife, Tammy, like, she'll go see movies with me and all that. And I'll say, Hey, does this look good? Is this, and she's like, I don't know, whatever you think I'm not totally into movies. I mean, you know, I'll go see whatever you blah blah, blah. Like, I mean, as soon as she saw the first wonder woman trailer, I think, I think she has already got us like tickets for opening night at the like $20 (laughs) theater where the seats go upside down and stuff sprays in your face. We've got wonder woman posters hanging around the house. I mean, it's like my daughter has wonder woman pajamas so i'm telling you this whole thing about like female leads I, I gotta say that's complete bupkis because my wife who's not totally a movie person is like so fired up, this is this is like almost me excited for Logan levels of excitement in her house. So I don't quite buy that female lead can't carry the movie crap.
4: yeah. i'm just saying. Well, and we went to go see uh, when we went to go see Beauty and the Beast over spring break. um, I was sitting next to Nora and Mm -hmm. as soon as that came on screen, she was all excited to go see this movie. And, you know, if it's the case where the female leads are not going to do as well, then then we should follow the logic that maybe my son would not be quite as excited about Wonder Woman. He was sitting there going, yeah, I want to see this, too. It's got motorcycles, explosions, uh, fighting, all kinds of stuff. I'd love to go see this movie.
3: Mm hmm.
4: So they, I think it's just kind of ridiculous that, well, and and I remember thinking to myself, and probably saying out loud a couple of times, "You made a movie with a talking tree and a raccoon, so I kind of think you can have a movie with a female lead as a superhero, and you'll be fine."
3: Well, I think they based a lot on the Supergirl thing, and the Supergirl seems to not have ever really—I don't think officially taken. And I don't know. If, I don't know what the reason for that is. But i think when you get in more into the Batgirl girl and you get into some of the other characters like wonder woman and stuff it's it's obviously you know it, it's got it does have a different feel like if you tell me there's a new supergirl movie coming out i'm not as excited about that as wonder woman or or like you said Batgirl. right for some reason i don't know why that is i don't know why it's like superman is superman and i know it, you start getting into supergirl and super dog next and it just seems like you know i don't well, know
5: it's it's obscurity of for me it's obscurity of characters i mean like I know who Wonder Woman is. Definitely. Batgirl. Okay. I, I, yeah, I remember who Batgirl is and then Supergirl. I'm kind of like, uh, I'll need to go to my comic book friends and like get the, get the 411 on that. I'm not, I, well, I think. And they I'm always
3: gonna... have like this, like, you know, cute blonde girl playing Supergirl it seems like. And it just seems more, it the initial thing looks cheesier. I don't know where the other ones have a little bit room for not necessarily being so wholesome or you know, it could be a little bit more darker, I guess yeah like that's a good question who would okay so that was one of the things i brought up was yeah you, you count on a good story but who do you think uh any ideas for anybody that you'd like to say see playback girl there's because i'm asking because there's one girl that comes to mind i don't know why i popped in my head but i'll see if anybody else says it but I, the only thing is she plays something else in a, in a different in a, in a superhero movie but Charlotte johansson Oh well, that would be nice. Yeah, I mean, she could play anything. She could play oh, yeah, Superman. You want to put her in? That's that's totally fine. Aquaman. I think she should be everybody in the uh in the uh, Justice League.
5: <laughs> it's like a one act play or a one one character play.
3: Mine is going to be uh, Agent Carter, the girl who played Agent Carter from um, Captain America.
4: Hayley Atwell, yeah. Actually, she—that uh, was something I—I I was talking about some, with somebody else that I think she would be a really good person to play Doctor Who because they're, they're the the old guy, Peter Capaldi, who's playing Doctor Who now, who I really haven't gotten into. This is his last season, going to be his last season on the show, and they're talking about, you know, who's going to be the next Doctor Who, yeah. and I thought it'd be kind of interesting to have a woman as Doctor Who because they've never done that before. Um, so I always thought she might be a good person to play, but
3: yeah, I, I could see her. Yeah. Landmarker. also a doctor who could be like um i was thinking maybe scarlett johansson yeah that's why you can put her in whatever i don't care
4: <laughs> you know who um what was the name of what was the name of that actress that was in uh 10 cloverfield lane oh yeah she was good um she could be good that was uh uh was that mary elizabeth winstead yeah 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 i don't know i haven't really thought about that one too much
3: yeah mary elizabeth winstead yeah Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She'd be good. I think I saw somebody. They said the girl from Split. Um. I saw that somewhere. They thought maybe her. There's a couple list of few people. But a lot more like again not big huge name people.
4: You could have a musical Batgirl movie and do Emma Stone.
1: La la Batgirl. Yeah. Meryl Streep is Batgirl.
4: Meryl Streep. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Th- that's probably where I'm not going to go see that one. And Not because she's not a good actress, but.
3: Tommy was so. I forget. Yeah, no, <laughs> No. Nope. Mm. Oh man.
4: Yeah. All right. Well, we're for like it forty-five. Be a parts
3: joker. <laughs> During- <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Hey, you doing, Robert? Robin. I mean, Robin. I didn't shoot her. <laughs> I didn't oh. shoot her. I didn't shoot her. Hey, how you doing, Robin? Oh hi, Robin. <laughs> that girl walks in. <laughs> princess. <laughs> anything for my princess.
1: Oh.
3: That's just
4: that's just creepy.
5: Problem is problem with Meryl Streep is uh uh, uh there's isn't there some there's some uh, parts of this country that that say she's overrated. Yes. Right.
3: Yeah, I was, I was joking because of the age thing, but yeah, like she could do anything, but yeah, yeah. yeah.
5: I'm just saying that there's some there's some people I, 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 think I, know, I, know,
3: cl- I know right I, where you're going with it
5: I think I think it was that clown that, that was on that they don't but I with, do that went around that okay all
3: right yeah
5: I'm gonna mute my microphone I'm just gonna you know I'll take your re- response <laughs> off the air
4: there we go yeah, we, we know exactly what he's talking about
5: long time caller first time listener here I am <laughs>
4: All right. Well, we probably better get on into our Princess Bride stuff because we're already like 45 minutes in and we haven't even talked about the movie we came to talk about here. So
5: We are now doing two episodes a week. Well,
4: um, So very, very quickly, before we get going into that, we are now on Twitter. We are now at uh, at time of recording. We have now 430 followers on Twitter, so that's pretty awesome. That's beautiful. So so thank you to everybody who's following us on Twitter and listening to the show. Um, But now let's go ahead and get on into Princess Bride. So this time around, we're talking Princess Bride came out September 25th, 1987, rated PG, directed by Rob Reiner, who did This Is Spinal Tap, Stand By Me, When Harry Met Sally, A Few Good Men, and The Story of Us. Uh, producers on this one were Rob Reiner, who produced When Harry Met Sally, A Few Good Men, North, uh, Roger Ebert's favorite movie, and The Story of Us. Andrew Scheinman, who also produced Stand By Me, A Few Good Men, and When Harry Met Sally. A writer for this one is William Goldman did Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, The Stepford Wives, Marathon Man, All the President's Men, and wrote the novel uh, for The Princess Bride. Music was done by Mark Knopfler, who started the band Dire Straits. Uh, he also f- was featured on the soundtracks for the movies Local Hero and Wag the Dog. Budget was $16 million. The box office was $30.9 million. Cary Elwes played Wesley. He was in Bram Stoker's Dracula, Robin Hood Men in Tights, Liar Liar, and Saw. Uh, Mandy Patinkin played Inigo Montoya. He was in Alien Nation, Chicago Hope, Criminal Minds, Homeland. Chris Sarandon played Prince Humperdinck. He was in Fright Night, Child's Play, and The Nightmare Before Christmas. Christopher Guest played Count Rugen. This is Spinal Tap, Best in Show, and A Mighty Wind. Wallace Shawn played Vizzini. He was in Radio Days, Toy Story, and Clueless. Andre the Giant, who died in 1993, played Fezzik. He was a WWF wrestler. He was also in Conan the Destroyer and Trading Mom. Fred Savage played the grandson. He was in The Boy Who Could Fly, The Wonder Years, The Wizard, and Little Monsters. Robin Wright played Buttercup. She was in a soap opera called Santa Barbara. She was also in Forrest Gump, House of Cards, and Will Be in the upcoming Wonder Woman movie and Blade Runner 2049. Peter Falk, who died in 2011, was the grandfather. He was in Columbo, Wings of Desire, and A Woman Under the Influence. Peter Cook died in 1995. He was the impressive clergyman. He was in Bedazzled, Yellowbeard, and Supergirl. Uh, Mel Smith died in 2013. He was the albino. Uh, He was in Smith & Jones, National Lampoon's European Vacation. Carol Kane was Valerie, uh, Miracle Max's wife. She was in Annie Hall, Dog Day Afternoon, Adam's Family Values. And Billy Crystal was Miracle Max. He was in Soap, When Harry Met Sally, Monsters, Inc., Throw Mama from the Train, and City Slickers. Rotten Tomatoes, critics gave this one a 97%. Audience gave it a 95%. Uh, Ebert and Siskel both gave it a thumbs up and both gave it three and a half stars. Uh, Siskel's only criticism, he said that it was entertaining, but over long. Uh, CinemaScore gave it an A+. That might be one of the highest CinemaScore scores that we've seen in the movies we've done so far. Uh, This won a Saturn Award for Best Fantasy Film and Best Costumes, won a Hugo Award for Best Dramatic Presentation, and Fred Savage won a Young Artist Award.
2: Grandfather's here. Can't you tell me I'm sick? I'll pinch my cheek. I hate that. Maybe he won't.
3: Hey, was this sicky? Huh?
1: I brought you a special present. What is it? It was the book my father used to read to me when I was sick, and I used to read it to your father. And today,
3: I'm going to read it to you. It was a time when life didn't seem so complicated.
2: Marriage is what brings us together today. What? 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 I'm killing myself once we reach the honeymoon suite. (laughs) Won't that be nice? (laughs) A courtly age (laughs) of gentle conversation. I will always come for you.
1: But how can you be sure?
2: This is true love.
1: Oh, no. Is this a kissing
5: book?
2: No. Actually, there was a lot of treachery. (laughs) (laughs) Herald. And revenge. Prepare to die.
1: Never go in against a Sicilian when death is on the
2: line! (laughs) There were affairs of state. But I've got my country's 500th anniversary to plan, my wedding to arrange, my wife to murder, and Gilda to frame for it. I'm swamped. And affairs of the heart. My Wesley will always come for me. Your Wesley is dead. I've seen worse. Bye-bye, boy! Have fun storming the castle. It's more than turning. What's the difference? We've got him. Think it'll work? It would take a miracle.
1: Bye-bye.
2: It's a story of love, a tale of adventure. It's as real as the feelings you feel. They're kissing again. Someday you may not mind so much. The Princess Bride. Not just your basic, average, everyday, ordinary, run-of-the-mill, ho-hum
4: fairy tale. Uh, So really quick, some background on this one. William Goldman, the author, was born in Highland Park, Illinois, which is just a few miles away from where most of us live. Uh, And according to the screenplay, the grandson and the grandfather live in Evanston, Illinois. They did try to make this movie unsuccessfully several times during the 70s and early 80s. Uh, Richard Lester, who did A Hard Day's Night, Help, and Superman 2 and 3, was originally going to direct. Christopher Reeve was lobbying to play the part of Wesley in the 70s and early 80s. Uh, Several locations across England, so this one was kind of cool for me, um, and I've been to these locations. Several locations across England and Ireland were used for filming, including Burnham Beaches, uh, which is about four kilometers southwest of Beaconsfield, which is the town that I used to live in when I lived over in England. Carrie Elwes and Mandy Patinkin learned to fence for real and did all of their own fighting in the duel on the scene of the uh, Cliffs of Insanity, except for when they had some stunt doubles do some flipping. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a baseball cap in Fred Savage's bedroom that is supposed to be designed after the cap Rob Reiner wore as Marty DeBerge in This Is Spinal Tap. <laughs> Uh, oh, here's the one I was talking about earlier. In 2011, Jason Reitman set up a live recording, uh, live reading of the script. Paul Rudd played Wesley, Mindy Kaling was Buttercup, Patton Oswald was Vizzini. Carrie Elwes was Prince Humperdinck, Rob Reiner was the grandfather, and Fred Savage played the grandson. Uh, there was supposedly a musical in development in 2006, but some disagreements between the songwriter and William Goldman caused that to be dropped in 2007. It was never finished. Uh, William Goldman originally wanted Carrie Fisher to play Buttercup. He thought she was the perfect choice for that role. And finally, I don't know if anybody caught this or not, but Christopher Guest's Count Rugen has six fingers on one hand and five on the other, which means his fingers go to 11.
1: <laughs>
4: oh. Boo. 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 All right, let the quoting commence. Mm. First of all, when was the first time you did you see this when it came out and I'm not even going to
3: ask if this was the first time anybody watched it cuz I know that's not true. Did you see this pretty close to when it came out? Didn't see it at the theater, but saw it on DVD or video yeah, video VHS at the time. Okay. Yeah. I believe or cable, one of the two, but we I remember seeing it at home.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same camp. I I don't remember when I first saw this, but I Or VHS, something like that.
3: Well, it's a box Yeah. I mean, it did decent at the box office. It doubled its budget.
4: Yeah, it did okay. I think it it got more popular as VHS. But it did all right.
5: Yeah. I feel like I grew up with this movie. So.
4: Yeah. Well, I think, and and we watch, I remember as a kid, we watched this repeatedly. I mean, this was uh, mm-hmm.
3: yeah. There, it was one that you had watched. Uh, yeah, it was it, yeah, that definitely.
4: And and it was one that you know my dad would quote it all the time. He would like chase us around the house, uh, quoting the whole thing. Hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Um, and I I think actually when they got their first Blu-ray player, this was the first movie we ever bought them as a Blu-ray. Um, maybe even as their first DVD player too. I don't remember, but. this was just one I remember always you know Labyrinth we would watch a lot um, but that was almost a little bit more the kids watching it this one I remember the whole family watching. Writers Guild of America selected The Princess Bride as the 84th greatest screenplay of all time. What is it about the script that you think warrants that achievement? It has a lot of heart. the, the, The characters seem
0: very genuine, very real, very believable. And I think it just, it comes through with a lot of the writing. There's a lot of humor. It doesn't take itself seriously at all. So it just helps make it really enjoyable.
3: I think that's one of the reasons why it it works as well as it does. Well, I think, see, for me, I'm like, I think um, when you're going to judge it, like based on the best screenplay, my kind of criteria that I use for that, like ones that are top notch, uh, you know, like I have 12 Angry Men in there, I have The Sixth Sense. You know, and I I do see how this one could be on because what I do with all those movies is my question is, how could I have written this or made this any better? Like, how could this movie be better? What would you have added? What would you have taken out? And there's absolutely nothing in this movie that I could add to it or take out that I wish I would have seen that I didn't see or that I saw that I didn't want to see. And to me, that makes it a perfect screenplay. Because any other one where you can go, you know what, they could have done without this or they could have done with, or they really should have done this here try and do that with that movie and I don't think there's anything that you can I I, I don't what like what could you add to it that would make it better what would you take away that didn't need to be in there I think the answers to both of those questions is nothing and that means therefore it is a perfect screenplay in its own right for that get it genre. Right on the
1: head. it's it's efficient it doesn't have there's not a bunch of extra characters running around doing nothing and they they get right to it. It's funny, it, it,
3: it has moves a little along. bit of
1: romance in it, It's it's got a little bit for all ages, although that probably doesn't go into much of the screenplay, I think that's just the generic love of the movie, but I think efficiency in, in character and action is huge.
4: Well, but the all ages part, I mean, you, you write it in such a way that kids can enjoy it, but there's also that humor that's there for adults. Yeah. So I think that could be yeah. part of the the script writing piece of it. Yeah,
3: and, and Pixar like that. does that for a lot of movies yeah. where they can do that nicely, where Pixar has that nice blend of for kids, right. but then it's got some adult stuff in there, but it's not obvious where, you know, it's... it's. But, I mean, I don't know. I think that's the only way I could really describe, like, when you say what's a perfect screenplay. To me, it's I nothing to add and nothing to take away. Like you said, there is no slow part. There is no part where you're like, you know what, that part dragged on. I mean, I think of, like, you know, when you look at... Like Man of Steel that we just mentioned earlier, I like, okay, that fight scene at the end way too long, you know, or you could have took out this or that line didn't work. I can't think anything that I would change in the script. So therefore, to me, that gives it the right to say it's a perfect script. Just like 12 Angry Men, just like The Sixth Sense, there's nothing that I would take away or add.
4: I would, if he wasn't dead, I would be curious to pick Gene Siskel's brain and ask him why he, why his comment about this movie being too long. I don't get that. Yeah, it's an it, hour it thirty. Clocks in. Yeah,
1: right. it clocks it's in nothing. right about an hour and a half. It's
4: yeah, it's it is, like you said, it, it's, a, it's
0: nothing efficient. about the drags.
4: No, it's an efficient well. movie, like you guys said. It, it, you meet, I think I, I looked at this up, and you meet all of the main characters in the first seven minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. So it's not like. You know, it's not like we're dragging out somebody's origin story or, or doing anything like that. Um it is, it's efficient. It it gets going and you get along with the story. And I can't think of, you know, to go along with this question, I, I kind of threw out one of the questions that we, we kind of ask each other is was there anything that you disliked about this movie? I can't think of any scene in this movie that I don't
3: like. Yeah, and that's yeah. There's there's that kind there's of comes no to
5: yeah. I think an answer to that question, you should just play uh, when the grandfather comes walking in and is talking to uh, uh, Kevin Arnold, the kid or whatever. And he's sitting there and he's like, <laughs> Kevin uh, Arnold, that's he's good. like, uh, uh, is this book good? Oh, it's great. It's got sword fighting, monsters, mm-hmm. giants, true love. I mean, that's the answer in my that would be my answer to your question is just his little his little uh, couple lines there describing the story to the kid. I think that that sums uh, up why this is just a great story.
3: And like it's Jeff important. said, it's got, it's got hard. It's funny. It's got like, it's got action. It's got every, it's got, it's exactly what it's sort of sent, you know, set out to be. And it does it all well. And when you nail it and you get it like perfect where it doesn't need to be changed or altered, I think that can, I think it can justify the, uh, the, 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 uh, whatever top script or best script or one of the best scripts.
5: And, and and the humor and the action and everything in there, I don't I don't know the right word. you, you guys have uh, um, you guys can 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 fill in my thoughts here with this. but it's almost like when you have like a a, a, you're a teacher or a coach or someone that is like he'll be saying stuff and doing stuff and going down a certain way and you think he's being absolutely hilarious and he's trying to be funny, then you look at him and he's got a serious look on his face. And then you're like, I-, I don't know if you've ever been in this setting. And it's just like, oh, was he trying to be funny? Or is he making a point mm-hmm. and he's making it in such an extreme way that it sounds funny, but it's really not funny. And I, I, it, that's kind of how I felt about this movie. Like they'll be going down the line and you think, oh my gosh, this is gonna be incredibly funny. And then you're like, no, but they're being serious. And there's like a sword fight going on and oh, Yeah, that's that's kind of serious. And then you get done with the scene and you go back and say, wait a minute. No, that was kind of funny. That was supposed to be human. And so it really, I don't know if that makes absolutely any sense at all. But it's, it's just like, I, I know the movie's funny. And I know the movie's serious. And I know, but they intertwine it so seamlessly, it constantly holds your attention makes you think, was he trying to be funny about that? Or did it just end up being funny? I mean, for example, the rodents of unusual size. Um, you know, it's kind of like R O U S S. Just the fact that he's calling R O U S S. Oh yeah, that's funny, rodents. And then the next thing you know, there's this monster there. He's got a stab and he's lighting it on fire. And it's like, oh no, that's that's serious. He's getting chewed up and all that. And then, okay, they're nonchalantly walking out of the fire swamp and it's all okay again. And oh, that was kind of a funny scene. Or the cliffs of insanity. You know, move the thing and the other thing. And he's you know, he's going crazy because it's the cliffs of insanity, but the scene is there and gone so fast. You're like, was that really supposed to be humor or wait, how did that, it, it just, it really keeps your attention because you really never are hundred percent sure which, which way it's going to come at you. Serious humor, love, you know, you know, and, for, and,
3: and from a storytelling standpoint, I mean, the only, and I don't consider it a criticism. In fact, I consider it the, absolute like perfect right move for what they're doing was some people might not like oh that you know they might want the story and instead you have it being interrupted by the grandfather and the kid so it breaks from the story from time to time and you're back with the kid telling the story and you go back a little bit like never ending story sort of did yeah where you you have that you know narrative sort of style to it and i think that was perfect like some people might be like oh well let's just hear you know start telling the story and then end with the grandfather and the kid don't be interrupted throughout it we want to be in the story just I, I don't think that would work as well. I think it works perfectly where it's that, I think that was the right choice and the, and the better choice. And and then you get those lines where the kid wants to skip past the kissing part and things right. like that. So, I mean, it, it, it allows for those type of moments. And, and I think it keeps the, the charm of it by doing it as a story being read by the grandfather to the sick kid.
4: Well, and you've got, and I've never read the novel of it. I, I would be curious to go read it now, especially after I looked up a few things and saw how the book is different from the movie. Um, but you've got, when he originally wrote the novel back in the early 70s, um, he was writing it based off of some bedtime stories he had been telling yeah. his daughters. Um, I guess one daughter said, I want a story about a princess. And the other one said, I want a story about a bride. So he was like, Okay. So we'll just throw all these things together and I'll throw in pirates and it's like pat said it, it's, it's got everything it's got pirates it's got sports it's got you know sword fighting it's got horses it's got hunting
3: it's got well, magic and and i think i had read something too along those lines saying that it was you know the the novel had the narrative style to it and by doing it that it preserved it and kept it kind of i think that's uh, what i see i was gonna sound oh, it wasn't on it'll even say it actually even says it on wikipedia here where it'll say I just pulled that because I was trying to see about the book part of it, but it says, uh, yeah, it says, uh, the story is presented in a film as a book being read by a grandfather to a sick grandson, thus effectively preserving the novel's narrative style. Exactly. So, I mean, it was what the book wanted to do. I don't know how much adventure or, or, you know, veers from it, but I think that's, again, the right move. So what in that script would you have changed? Nothing. You know, everything worked. Mm -hmm. And it's well, rare that everything works and that's what makes those the special movies is when everything works.
0: The fact that they got, um, that William Goldman was the one that wrote the script for the movie, um, he was able to, to really decide what what are the essential elements from the book that needs to be in the movie to tell the story correctly. Um, I've read the novel and I think the novel is really, it, it's great. Um it gets into a lot more detail and a backstory of some of the characters that isn't necessary for the movie. So the, the changes or or the cuts that they made
4: for the movie work incredibly well for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of feel like going to, to read the book. I mean, to me, it feels like it would be, this book in particular seems like it would be like watching the dvd extras after you've watched the movie you're just getting bonus material whereas sometimes i always worry i don't like to read a book if i've seen the movie first mm-hmm. um because with you know, one example in particular is fight club when i saw that movie i loved that movie one of my favorite movies then i went to go read the book and i liked the book but i didn't feel like it was as good as the movie so i sometimes worry that because i like this movie so much if i were to go read the book I probably wouldn't enjoy it as much. But I feel like with this one, and Jeff, exactly what you just said, it fills in some backstory <laughs> and does some of that. So I, I kind of feel like it would be more like watching the DVD extras where I can find out a little bit more of the background or I can just get those extra little tidbits of information. But yeah, I, I would be curious. Well, apparently he's also been writing a sequel or he's been working on trying to write a sequel called Buttercup's Baby.
5: Are you kidding me with this?
4: No yeah there's yeah there talk of that. yeah, apparently he's been trying to write that for I don't know maybe like twenty some years now. Um, and he just has not been able to I, I guess in some of the editions of newer editions of the Princess Pride book, uh, the first chapter of Buttercup's baby is included towards the end. Um, but apparently he's been trying off and on for twenty some years and he's just he hasn't been able to he's got story ideas there, but he hasn't been able to get them down on paper in a way that he feels like he would be satisfied with it um yeah i i mean i i probably would go read that when it came out i don't think i'd want it turned into a movie like for them to do a sequel you know everybody's kind of sequel crazy but um or everybody i don't don't
0: even know if i'd go read it I i don't think there's
4: no there's a
0: need to continue this story yeah um you know I, I i think of gregory Maguire who wrote the book the uh the story wicked that was later yes. turned into the musical and then he went back and he wrote a sequel to that
4: story mm-hmm. that was that one the, the one called son of a witch son of a witch
0: yeah. and um it just, it it wasn't needed at all there was there, you know there was no point for it other than to try to get more money for selling another product, you know, yeah. and yeah, see, but I I, I, I but... see, I don't see, I don't see a sequel to, to Princess Bride being necessary in any way. I think it, it works perfectly as it is. There's no more story that I want to know about. I know that they, they live happily ever after. And that's a fairy tale. You don't need to know anything more, uh, more, more than that.
3: Okay, I'm going to go out on a, I'm going to disagree with some of that and just... Well, you're going to be wrong, but go ahead. (laughs) So um, the the only reason I disagree with that is because I feel that the sequel for this case, okay, the fact that he has tried to write it and has not released it and has not, like, it's not, but to me, that's, I I respect that. If he was going just for the money of it, I would agree with you. But the fact that he didn't just spit it out and just, like, have it, you know, out there and be done, that's a sign that he's trying to get the story right. So if he's willing to do that, I'm fine with it. And nothing that that sequel will do, or that you know that yeah, sequel or yeah, it's sequel, not a prequel, sequel, nothing that that will do will ruin the Princess Bride 1987. But if, if, he he hasn't was tra- it if they were trying, I think a remake would be right a mistake. If he hasn't gotten it right yet, then he might not. He might not get it right.
0: What's the and point? Of, has, of,
3: okay. Well, and it hasn't been made yet then. So that's my point is it's not made. If he gets it right or he's saying it's good enough to get it, like he's happy with it now, I think I would honor. I mean, would you not? You wouldn't go see that? I don't know. I if think, I think everybody who's a fan of this movie would go see it. It doesn't mean that you're going to like replace the Princess Bride or it's going to ruin it. It's a, It's not the same movie. That movie is, an, you know, by itself, it's already its own thing, and it will always be that. So having this doesn't necessarily. It could be a really cool other movie. It could be perfect. It could be a good new, another movie. You don't know, you know. I don't know. In like much, I, in much
4: the same way that I dismissed Blues Brothers two thousand.
3: Yeah. See, most of them fail, and there's a lot that do. But they're, you know, look at Godfather. You know, yeah. people think Godfather two is the best one because they said just 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 at Godfather. It was a great movie. It shouldn't have been. You didn't need a Godfather two because that one. You know. So I'm just saying, if it's I don't think it's going to hurt anything. If he was doing it just for the money, then I would not like that or respect that. But from a, from a, a writer's standpoint, um, you know, I think it's cool that the guy who did the story also, you don't always see that is the guy who did the screenplay. So I'm guessing it would be the same sort of thing. If he writes the book, he's probably going to write the screenplay. And, and I think that when you do something that good, I think is an audience that in my opinion is I owe it to him to give him a shot and watch that movie. That's just my opinion. Yeah, and I, he's I don't earned think- the right by making that good of a movie the first time and, and being this like great script and everybody loving this movie. I mean, there's crap that's out there that is just obviously for money. And you could look at some of the superhero hero sequels and things like that. And we all go to those, you know, and often we're disappointed in some cases by, oh, wasn't that good or, you know, so I'm like, why would it hurt to go see this movie? I would totally go see this in a the theater if it was made. I'd be curious what that story is.
4: Yeah, apparently the musical that they were working on, uh, I forget the name of the the person who was writing the music and the lyrics for it. Money was the reason. Now, I, I'm not saying that that's the reason why this story hasn't been made, but Money was the reason why that musical ended up getting canceled was because I guess they worked on it for about a year. And even though the other the other guy, and again, I forget his name, was doing the music and the lyrics. So he was doing probably the majority of the work just based off of William Goldman's story. William Goldman demanded, I think it was like 75% um, of the finances that was going to come from this. He wanted 75% cut on it, even though this guy was doing the majority of the work. Um, So I I, I don't, I'm not saying that to say that the author is a a money hungry guy and, and that's why he's trying to put out this sequel, but it could be that he's interested in money and I think it might um, be a little bit. I think I would, if if the book came out, I think I would give the book a chance. I, I don't know how I'd feel about a movie sequel, but I would at least I, I probably would read the book just out of curiosity.
3: So I think the thing with the play might be a little different. I'm just trying to put myself in issues, too, is like because right. it is the Princess Bride and now it's the Princess Bride, the musical. So therefore, it feels like it could taint my original whatever I did to a certain degree. It could make it better. It could be a really cool player. It could be a flop. So there's a little bit big of a risk. So I might be a little bit more, you know, he might be a little more demanding knowing that if he puts his price out of range, that that falls apart and that he's glad that maybe he never wanted it to be a musical, you know, but the sequel, if he's writing a story, he wants, there's some control out of that. Maybe not driven by money, but driven by control of that story. I don't know. Yeah. And like I said, going back to the honoring the, you know, you made this first good film. Why would I not necessarily boycott, but why would I not go, you know, patronize your next movie i think you know I, I i like liking that to m night Shyamalan. you know like with his movies the sixth sense has got me pretty much i will try any m night Shyamalan because to me that's another perfect script like i mentioned that to me that script is just awesome watching that movie was an awesome i immediately want to go back to the theater watch it again and figure out wait a second there's got to be a loophole here so when a movie like does that i tip my hat to that that writer and has he had flops since then? Yes. And I'll ride those out. I'll keep going. Um, because he earned that by that one movie, in my opinion, for a while. So it's gonna take a long time for me to really be disappointed. And if I get the sense that he's just selling out, then I'll probably stop. But if he's just trying to bang out a good movie and do something nice, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna keep going. And I would do the same thing with this guy. Right. I mean, he's the guy who did butch casting the Sundance Kid, too. So it's not like right. he's you know, he's quality is like, like- Pretty good writing credits exactly. I mean that's another pretty darn close to perfect movie you
4: know we said that there's not a whole lot we'd cut from this movie um, but can you take a scene in particular from this movie single that out and say that's my favorite part of this movie?
0: I don't know I've, the, the, I mean there are a lot of a lot of scenes individually that I like mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know if I can pick one um, one of my favorites is, um, and it, it is on a list because I can't pick just one, but uh, when Inigo Montoya finally gets his revenge, mm-hmm. mm. against and you know, just when you think he's going to die because he had the, the dagger thrown into his stomach, all of a sudden he just gets up and he's got the spirit of his dad flowing through him and he's going after him and he's screaming the same thing over and over again. And, and, uh, you know, and Count Rubens like, I'll give you anything you want. And it cuts back to Inigo Montoya and all he says is, I want my father back, you son of a Yeah. Runs his sword right through him. I mean, that is one of the greatest revenge moments, I think, in, 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 in movie history. Hello.
2: My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father.
1: Prepare to die. Hello. My name is Diego
2: Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Hello! My name is Diego Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Stop saying that! Oh.
1: Prepare to die! Now! Offer me money. Yes.
2: Power to promise me like, that. All that I have and more. Please. Offer me everything I ask for. Anything you want. I want my father back, you son of a...
0: It's, it's got such a great buildup all the way through. Yeah, that, you know, that when it finally happens, you know, you're right there with him and 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 you're celebrating the revenge right along with him.
5: Yeah. And it and it shows and, and it shows uh, the underlying or maybe not underlying, but the under, underlying intensity of the movie that, OK, it's not just some light comedic kind of thing that, wow, this is revenge and his father was murdered right in front of him. Wow, that's that's a little intense, which, honestly, if they would have just struck that line, if he would have just killed the guy and, you know, jumped off the balcony onto the horse and everything was good, you wouldn't have that same intensity. But it built up to that that classic line delivered so well that it that that just brought that intensity right to the fore in the movie. And it's like, oh, whoa, this isn't just comedy. This is serious here.
3: Yeah, it bounced at the end, yeah. And I think, I think uh, you, know, you could just say ditto to Jeff on that. I mean, like you worded it perfectly. And it's, it's the only thing I could add to it would be when you were describing that, like where you're with them. Cause you've, you know, you've had this quote, you've had the whole thing. And then all of a sudden, and it's com- comedic all the way up until that point It does turn serious at the end. But as, as, like I said, as he gets hurt and then all of a sudden he just, I remember as an audience member, you like, you're in your seat trying to give him all your energy to, to finish this off and to get there like he like as he's stat you know like like walking to go approaching him and everything else like you're just like come on come on just get there get there you got to yeah. kill him you got you know. i remember as an audience just having that feeling of like you want to give him all your energy and strength so that he could do this and then when he does it there is that you know yeah uh, relief for everybody and he
0: sets him up to trying to win he, he keeps talking yeah. about um you know Give me this. Give me that. And Calum was like, yeah, whatever you want, whatever you want, whatever you want. And then he just slaps him with that line of, I want my father back.
3: Yeah.
0: And he's just like, oh, ouch.
3: Yeah, it's a good setup. Yeah.
0: But, I mean, there are many scenes in this movie that I think are are, are fantastic. It's hard to pick
4: just one. You get Going back to that scene, you you, you get so much feeling from when he says that. I want my father back. Um, I was reading in an interview that Mandy Patinkin said that when he was doing that scene, I guess his father had died from cancer. Mm. Um, And so he was just, he was channeling that when he was doing that scene. And he was treating Count Rugen as if he was the cancer that had killed his own father in real
3: life. I believe that because that comes across good. yeah.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, that brings that scene home.
3: Uh, okay, another favorite scene of mine is the one where he's in the bed at the end with, the, you know, and and he's bluffing.
2: To the death! No! To the pain. I don't think I'm quite familiar with that phrase. I'll explain, and I'll use small words that you'll be sure to understand, you warthog-faced buffoon. That may be the first time in my life a man has dared insult me. It won't be the last. To the pain means the first thing you lose will be your feet below the ankles. Then your hands at the wrists. Next your nose. And then my tongue, I suppose. I killed you too quickly the last time. A mistake I don't mean to duplicate tonight. I wasn't finished. The next thing you lose will be your left eye followed by your right. And then my ears, I understand. Let's get on with it. Wrong! Your ears you keep and I'll tell you why so that every shriek of every child at seeing your hideousness will be yours to cherish. Every babe that weeps at your approach, every woman who cries out, Dear God, what is that thing, will echo in your perfect ears. That is what the pain means. It means I leave you in anguish, wallowing in freakish misery forever. I think you're bluffing. It's possible, Pig. I might be bluffing. It's conceivable, you miserable, vomitous mass. But I'm only lying here because I lack the strength to stand. But then again, perhaps I have the strength after all.
3: Yeah, mm. I, just, I just love that one that was a good one and there's the whole and then the guy just sits down drops his sword and he pretty much collapses after
1: my favorite's gotta be the the first the battle between yeah the dread pirate Robertson and, and the Spaniard yeah I mean, that's just it's another great example of how the movie can go from funny to serious back to funny back to see and through the whole thing You're laughing, you're excited, and as we found out, they both learn how to actually sword fight, which I think comes across because it's a pretty solid duel.
2: using Bonetti's defense against me, huh? I thought it fitting, considering the rocky terrain. Naturally. You must expect me to attack with capa Naturally. But I find that Tibble cancels our capa Don't you? Unless the enemy has a study, he's a gripper. Which I have. You are wonderful. Thank you. I've worked hard to become so. I admit it, you are better than I am. Then why are you smiling? Because I know something you don't know. And what is that? I am not left-handed. You're amazing. I ought to be after 20 years. There's something I ought to tell you. Tell me. I'm not left-handed either. I must Get used to disappointment. Soon destroy a stained glass window as an artist like yourself however since i can't have you following me either please understand i hold you in the
1: highest respect and, and again, I think it sets up a lot of the rest of the movie too
5: yeah and then and, and again and I, I, I hate to keep coming back to this point but the dialogue in there when he's like i can give you my word as a spaniard Nope, I haven't <laughs> known plenty. I have no, known too many, know Spaniards. To many Spaniards. Too many Spaniards. Yeah, and then even that, when he starts talking to him, he's like, you know, if you could let me focus. Sorry, don't worry about it. Like, like, or don't mention it, or forget it, or what. Like that conversation, it, it, it's not like the guy's hanging off the side of a cliff. That could be like someone trying to do work in a cubicle, and the guy right next to him keeps disturbing him. I mean, mm-hmm. th- the way they deliver those lines, so that 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 nonchalant way that they're delivering those lines juxtaposed with that he's hanging off the side of the cliff waiting for a duel, there's humor in there. That, that that humor is just, it's ingrained. It's not flat out in your face. It's not like obscene kind of words humor, but it's it's there just by the, the, the way the dialogue is delivered combined with the scene, it's super funny. But then all of a sudden they slap you in the face with this real, you think, oh, this is funny. Ha <laughs> ha, oh wait, no, it's not funny. I give, you, I give you the word. I swear on my, the light of my father, Inigo Montoya, you will reach me the top alive. Throw me the rope. I mean, and it's like, whoa, cool. I, and it, it switches gears so quickly, you're always kind of left on, on the back foot. You don't want to look away from the movie because it, it, just, it just captures your, your attention. By One the time interview. you figure out the humor, they're going in another direction.
4: Right. And to me, I, I agree with you about the delivery of some of those lines. To me, some of my favorite lines in the movie, and that's my favorite scene too, is that first uh, sword fight, that first duel um, on the cliffs of insanity. But some of my favorite lines in the movie are those ones that just seem like they're little throwaway lines. Like they're not even, it, it's not the ones that are going to get the big laughs. Um, the one in particular I'm thinking about is when they're fighting and they... Uh, He throws his sword down and they both do that flip and then they land. uh, And he's standing there and pulls his sword up out of the ground. And Inigo Montoya goes, who are you? No one of consequence. I must know. He used the disappointment. Okay.
5: Okay. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to do them left-handed. You know what kind of a hurry we're in. I know. But if I do with my right, it'll be over too quickly. Do with my left. I can enjoy it.
3: I'm not left-handed either.
5: I'm not left-handed either. (laughs) Oh man,
3: yeah,
0: get out of here. Or I'll call the Brute Squad. I'm on the Brute on
5: Squad. You
0: are the Brute Squad. We could probably sit here and quote the whole movie because no. every like all of it is just it's so great. It all works so well within the context of itself.
4: It, it's just the perfect marriage. Oh,
5: anybody want a peanut? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. And I don't know if you wanna if you wanna have fun, like sit there and rhyme something everybody says. Like go mm-hmm. go to your go to your spouses and every time she says something, like end by rhyming it, and it's it's just absolutely the funnest thing to do. Well, I, it's I, like I, it's what the kids do in
4: the back of the car anyway.
5: Mm-hmm. So you should just say what the hey. Yeah. And <laughs> Vicini,
2: he can fuss. Fuss,
0: fuss.
3: You like to scream at us?
2: Probably he means no harm.
3: He's very, really, very
2: short on charm. <sighs> you have a great gift for rhyme.
1: Yes, yes. Some of the time.
2: Enough of that! Pussy! Are the rocks ahead? If they are, we all be dead!
4: No more rhymes now, I mean it!
2: Anybody want to feel it?
4: Inconceivable. inconceivable. <laughs> you keep using that word.
1: I don't think I it means think what, it you mean. what you think it means. Are you sure
5: nobody's following us? It'll be Is absolutely
3: What's the Andre the Giant one too? With the mostly been dead all day or whatever? Uh, I think that was it. it's, it's like something like Cut Someone get, he's been mostly dead all day. Mostly dead all day, dead all day. Yeah. It's like, yeah.
4: You just wiggled your finger. Does that make you happy? <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. Well, and apparently, I, some of the other stuff that I read was Andre the Giant actually injured his back, had to have back, I think it was back surgery. And so yeah. all the scenes where you see him either carrying somebody or where um, uh, Wesley is on his back, they had to do some camera tricks uh, to make it look like he was riding on his back or that he had was holding uh, buttercup at the end of the movie because he couldn't actually lift anything because he was still recovering from mm. back surgery
0: the uh, the stories from the cast on on the dvd or on the blu-ray that i have they uh, they interview a lot of the cast members about uh you know the experience of making this movie and then they do a whole thing talking about andre the giant and you know person after person just goes on and on about what a very warm and caring person he was and you know, they all had, had nothing but positive stories about their time spent with him and the scenes that they, uh, that they had filmed.
1: I saw an amazing biography on him. I don't know if you guys remember when A&E didn't do like actual TV shows. Um, there was a series they used to show all the time, Biography. If you ever catch the Andre the Giant one, it's awesome. It is a solid hour about this guy and it's crazy. Like just the, the health issues he had, the things he did. It, it's amazing.
4: I think I remember seeing that one.
1: It's so good. It was one of those things. I did not think it was going to be that great. I just turned it on and I was like, all right, this will be, you know, some laughs about wrestling or whatnot. No, it was amazing. It was very cool. And, very cool guy.
5: Yeah.
4: All right, do we have any other favorite scenes?
3: Um, I think the, I think the uh, Billy Crystal stuff oh, is I, good. I here. was just about yeah. to say. It. I mean, that's a good, like, he drops the arm. I've seen worse.
4: Yeah. <laughs> you, you got any money? 65. Uh, I've never worked for so little, except once. That was a very noble cause. This is noble, sir. His wife is crippled. His children on the brink of starvation. Are you a rotten liar? I need him to help avenge my father. My father murdered these 20 years. Now your first story was better.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, hello and there. Hey, what's so important? What you got here that's worth living for? True love. True love. You heard him. You could not ask for a more noble cause than that. sunny yes, true love is the greatest thing in the world. Except for a nice MLT, a mutton, lettuce, and tomato sandwich, when the mutton is nice and lean and the tomato is ripe. It's so perky. I love that.
3: But that's not what he said. He distinctly said, to
2: blave. And as we all know, to blave means to bluff. Huh? So you're probably
3: playing cards, and he cheated. Liar!
2: Time your life, but after what you just said, I'm not even sure I want to be that anymore. You never had it so good.
4: So here's, yeah, so here's my final question for us, and this kind of this this takes us a little bit away from Princess Bride, but on the same in the same vein. Um, if you had to narrow it down to three, and that's probably going to be impossible for us, but if you had to narrow it down to three, what are your top three mo- movie duels? I don't want to say dueling movies, but movie duels of all time
5: and And are we are we clarifying ground rules that it has to involve blades?
4: It has to involve blades of some type. These and you, it's, you did ask earlier, can this be adamantium claws as okay. long as they're fighting some other blade-like instrument? or can it be lightsabers? Yes
5: okay. and And we're saying like one on one or like small group, not like full melee or like fight. correct. okay.
4: No
0: mob. Oh, so so okay. the bride versus gogo and the crazy eighty eights from kill Yes. Death? I should Mm. should take that off
4: my list. Well,
1: So good, though.
4: It's so so good. We'll
3: keep that one in there. Okay.
5: Well, are we doing awesome fight scenes, or are we doing...
3: More like in a dual sword fighting range, but, like, yeah, there's a borderline of how many people could be invited. I think you can kind of be a little subjective with that. Yeah. Because I got one that I don't know why. It's not dual. exact. Well, it... Uh, This is going to be a throwback. I don't know if you guys have even seen this. I don't know why this always, when I think of a sword fight and I think of a duel, um, even though it's not one-on-one, it sort of is because they're all kind of the same character. Uh, The old Jason and the Argonauts with the uh, the, the skeletons. That is actually on there. That is like, oh, darn it. That is one of my favorites of all time when those things come out of the ground. Oh, my God. Who's not seen that? Has everybody here seen that? I, I totally forgot about that one. Yeah. I love that. Oh, so it was good. the first one I thought of. I don't know why. That one, as a kid, I used to, I used to take oh.
4: that one and I would rewind it. I would watch to <laughs> the point where the skeletons are walking slowly up, and then when they would raise their arms and scream and start running. Yeah, I that was hilarious <laughs> as a kid. So I would get to that point, and then I would rewind it about a minute, and then I would let it build back up to that point, and then I would rewind it about a minute <laughs> yeah. again, and just watch that over and over again. Yeah. yeah, actually, that one's that one's on my list of eleven. Okay. I didn't okay. number three because I'm horrible. But yeah, it was on there. That that was a good one.
1: That's fantastic.
4: The other ones that
0: I have on my list, I have um, Edmund Dantes versus Fernand Mondego from Cana Monte Cristo. Yes. The newer one or the older ones? Uh, The newer one. The newer one. With uh, Guy Pierce and Jesus. Mm
4: -hmm. Love that one.
0: I have Yushu Lin versus Gen Yu from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. I have Luke versus Vader from Return of the Jedi. Yes. Okay. Uh, I said The Bride versus Gogo in and the Crazy 88s from Kill Bill. And the last one on my list is Robin Hood versus Sir Guy from the 1938 Adventures of Robin Hood.
1: Yes.
5: Okay. Solid list. I mean, anything with
0: Errol Flynn is going to be...
5: I was just... And, and and Basil mm-hmm. Rathbone. And I. you know what? I'm sorry to jump in, but I had Captain Blood from... 35 or 36. Yeah. So wow. I was right going down. Yes. Excellent. I was right in your frame of mind.
4: All right, Pat, what else did you have on yours?
5: Uh, so, um, you know what? Yeah, I I kind of... <laughs> First of all, I got to ask, Mizuka Matush, have you guys seen Logan yet?
3: I have not. Almost I saw have, it this weekend, but didn't. I'm going to probably see I it the next I week. I have not yet seen it.
5: Okay. Then my list is going to be incomplete. Um, but, uh, so I agree with Jeff totally on the, uh, I the return of the Jedi, uh, lightsaber duel, I thought was awesome. Mm-hmm. And if nothing else than just the emotion and, and seeing the father have, you know, watching his son being tortured, turning him to good. I mean, maybe some other lightsaber duels had better choreography or jumping around and all that kind of silly stuff but i mean i thought just emotional content i thought that that duel was pretty awesome um, yeah that, I had,
0: that's why i chose this one over all the other star wars saber uh, yeah. duels is because you know okay. they,
4: everything this one
0: carried with
4: it oh yeah i thought the empire strikes back one was still yeah see that that's actually the one that's on my list is empire
3: because i thought that was like for some reason that was just i don't know I mean, you think about it. the 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 lightsaber duel in Star Wars is weak. The original, you know, wasn't that great um, between Darth and um, Obi Wan. So a, then you got Empire Strikes Back. It was a different style of fighting, and there was the revealing of the Luke as you know, Luke is being his uh, his son. And and wait, what? Whole... <laughs>
1: so, the... so the whole
3: the whole build up to that and all that was just like just You're
1: funny man
3: classic. And going out on that, you know, where he's on the end of the thing, and then he gets his hand cut off, and he's cleaning the thing. I mean, just
5: God, come yeah. on! Yeah, yeah. Guys. Hey. Spoiler alert!
3: Before you say things like that.
5: Okay, does any did anyone watch the cartoon? Um, not not Clone Wars, but the Star Wars cartoon that came after it. Uh, Rebels? Rebels.
4: Yeah. Did anyone
5: yeah. see the duel in the desert between yes. old Obi Wan and Darth Maul? Uh
4: huh. was very okay. very
5: Seven Samurai. Okay, we, well, here's all I'm gonna say, and I don't want to be any spoilers. But like, I haven't watched any of Rebels, and I just happened to that on YouTube. Yeah, and I was like, I watched it, sucker, like twelve times. I'm just like, oh my gosh, it's unbelievably awesome. A lot awesome.
4: of people, a lot of people hated it
5: for the same reason that I loved it. Probably, yep. or and you loved it. I mean, yep. it was okay. I, I don't want to be spoiler, but we were talking lightsabers, so, um, but I, yeah. So for me, I've got Return. I've got, um, the night Jeff, correct me. Thirty-five or Captain Blood? Was that thirty-five or thirty-six? Mm. It's somewhere. It's somewhere in there. But anyways, Errol Flynn, Basil Rathbone, um, Captain Blood would be um, Captain Blood. Thirty-five.
4: Thirty-five.
5: So I would say that would be number one. I would say Return of the Jedi would be number two, and then I don't know about a number three. I if because I mean. You know, if we're trying to narrow it down from just all the awesome duels out there, you know, there's gotta be that emotional content or build up or just sheer talent or yeah. Um, so that's you know. Yeah, I'm I'm struggling with number three. So
4: all right. Bo, what did you have on your list? Yeah.
1: Well, most of my list already got mentioned. Yeah. So in my but when you talk about memorable movie sword fights, I came up with a couple that, while not the uh, epitome of of swordsmanship, they Please aren't
4: please, the- please tell me you did uh, Monty Python and the
3: Holy Grail with the black one. Yeah,
1: of course.
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. Oh, yeah. I
1: mean, not the epitome of swordsmanship, but come on. That's right. one of the best swords fights in a movie ever. Yep. And the other yep. one that came to mind flesh at the same time was Indiana Jones versus the swordsman in? Oh, uh, <laughs>
3: that's yep. the shortest one.
1: Yeah, yep. those two. I was like, okay, those are fun. <laughs> Not the best swordsmanship, but still. Uh,
3: Somebody already said gladiator, correct? Uh,
4: I, yeah. I had that I had on that. my list of honorable mentions. I texted oh, that to John.
0: I, I uh, when John said that his list was uh, yeah, up in right. I
4: said he can take that oh. in here and Troy. Yeah. did anyone Which, have
1: highlander on their
5: list
4: anywhere I highlander's oh. on my list of honorable mentions yeah i was close i had rob roy i nice. have that one on yeah
5: left. rob roy nice. Rob roy's good William. Dennis, I, I i want to jump back for i'm just curious for gladiator and for troy what were your favorite duels in there i mean
3: obviously the movie i like great, the one where he kills they, him at the where he, yeah where he gets okay. uh yeah wow okay. uh Joaquin.
5: okay and what about what about troy Troy no, no, didn't I say
3: Hector. That was somebody else.
5: Okay, someone else. Was it? Was I it, actually
3: never know? saw Troy.
5: Oh, okay. Troy,
3: the Achilles fight?
5: Achilles versus Hector? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. I was just, okay, cool. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No. No, you're good.
4: Uh, so, I mean, Bo, did we get your whole list?
5: Yeah,
1: I just wanted to get in there. Highlander was another one I had that Highlander, I didn't yeah. think anyone had mentioned. I didn't yeah. really pick a specific fight, but I think I'm picturing the one. Um, the one I'm picturing is um Highlander and Kurgan at the end. But there were a couple. Yeah, but there were a couple good ones with the broadswords. I think that's what makes those. Mm-hmm. Is the big broadswords. Like a lot of the other ones are almost fencing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Troy was a big broadsword. It's
4: like the uh, it's like the yeah. Masters of the Universe sword fighting. Yes, but that,
1: yes. like but much better.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> Which
1: that's coming up in a couple of weeks, yeah.
3: A couple of weeks we're gonna do that one. I mean yeah. I did have one that I don't think it did I don't think anybody mentioned it, it was the uh Captain Jack Sparrow versus Barbosa. Yeah. Oh yeah. Ooh, uh, curse curse the black pearl one. That's where he gets he gets him in he turns the, yeah, yeah.
1: good so, one. And
3: that's the nice blend of like the effects with the sword fighting. So I mean uh-huh. the duel and the, there's not a lot of necessarily stunt stuff but the, the visual effects in that and where it's happening with the light and everything it's a really cool I think setup. Good
1: yeah. Mask, one. Of, Mask of Zorro.
3: Yeah, I've got that one on mine. Actually, oh, so here's, with,
1: uh, with Catherine Zeta-Jones. Yes.
4: Oh, Mask yeah. of Zorro. Okay, I had Mark of Zorro from
5: 1940. Ah, oh, okay. Also good.
4: Yeah, that one. Good. Um, all right, so here's mine, and I again, I tried to do top three, but I failed miserably. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have, and this is not necessarily in any. Well, I guess the top ones are kind of in an order. Um, I did the Empire Strikes Back lightsaber duel.
1: Sure.
4: Uh, I did the the Count of Monte Cristo, the one with Guy Pierce and Jim Caviezel. Um, I did Mark of Zorro from 1940. Um, I had, and then after this, they're all honorable mentions, but not necessarily in any order. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. I had the 1973 Three Musketeers.
1: Ooh, good one.
4: The, uh, was that Richard Lester did that one?
1: Mm-hmm.
5: Had
4: some really good sword fights in that one. Uh, I had Seven Samurai.
5: Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh,
4: I had Rob Roy. Uh, I had Highlander, I had Gladiator, and I had Hook. Yeah. Oh. I do like the uh, the there's well there's the yeah. Captain Hook and um, Rufio sword fight, mm-hmm. and then there's the, uh, Peter Pan and Captain Hook sword fight. I like that one too, but I hadn't even thought about um, you know until you until you just mentioned a few of those. I hadn't even thought about. I, I thought a little bit about Jason and the Argonauts, um, but yeah, I hadn't even thought about the the Pirates of the Caribbean one.
5: Has, you know, and there's an interesting, I, I got to fact check me on this, but I saw a special on the choreographer that was involved in that. And I want to say that it was, oh God, was it the same guy that was like worked with Errol Flynn, like way back in the thirties? Like the guy was like 110 years old or something like that. But when they did, <laughs> um but when they, Errol was his son or somehow there's a connection to where, and it might've been Zorro, or Zorro and Pirates of the Caribbean, but the, the same sword master that helped train some of those early guys were in those later movies. And they said they really wanted to make sure that that sword play had that look of the old movies, which was essentially authentic sword fighting. And they, they didn't want it to be CGI. They didn't want it to be fake. They didn't want it to be guys on wires. They, they I mean, they, they wanted that look and so they got one of the old sword masters that worked in Hollywood, they brought him back.
4: Was this it Bob Anderson?
5: It, it, it could have been maybe. okay,
4: because he was like the he was the choreographer for uh, the Star Wars movies. Okay. Uh, he was a, I think he was a stunt double for Darth Vader during lightsaber battles.
3: Okay. and then he did
4: he actually did the choreography for Princess Bride, Highlander, uh, Lord of the Rings, um Moonraker. Uh, he was the fencing coach in Moonraker,
5: okay it you no. know what i'll it might have been yeah it might have been him but like I, and like i said they 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 really in some of those movies they've really you know they tried to bring, bring one of those guys back and and or not bring him back but make sure to use him so that it had that that look to it so All any of right. you guys seen and you know you mentioned seven samurai now have any of you seen uh sanjuro or yojimbo
4: no, I still haven't seen yeah.
5: it. See, and I don't know how much... That has awesome swordplay in it. Toshiro Mufune, and this is going to sound yeah. uh, familiar to uh, all of you guys that know the Sergio Leone stuff, but uh, uh, Toshiro Mufune plays the samurai with no name, or the ronin with no name, and he just travels around and helps people's, people out in feudal Japan. And uh, I don't know, I can't remember how many duels he gets into, but he goes after, like, groups of people with a sword and uh let's just say it's very impressive
4: i i still need to watch um we've been getting some of the you know after my dad passed away he's got a whole bunch of movies that my mom doesn't want anymore so she's been kind of passing some of those along i have a totally i think it's unopened uh set of zatoichi the blind swordsman oh so i've got a, a set of like six or seven of those movies and i still haven't watched any of those yet and i but i remember my dad just Raving about those movies, he loved he loved the sword fighting in that. All right, well that's going to do it for the Princess Bride. Next time around, we are so we're we're, we're taking a bit of a detour from uh, the adventure and and uh, the high fantasy of the Princess Bride, and and next week we're doing the Chipmunk Adventure. <laughs> oh boy! So, <laughs> don't sound too, Jeff. Don't sound too excited. And maybe we can get Dennis back, even though there's no pizza, or apparently he already left.
3: That <laughs> is his oh, oh no, I wasn't out. Oh, yeah. I must have hit, like, the, I wonder if the mute got hit. So, you're back? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Because I was saying one last thing, and I, I was trying to say it, but did some... I know we're, we're wrapping up, but did somebody say The Last Samurai, too? Yeah. yeah. Okay, somebody did oh, cover no, that. We, just making we, them I, sure, we seven, okay. We said Seven Samurai. No, how about The Last Samurai? There's last that samurai. scene where he's training them. It's, they're not using swords, mm, but they're using... Yes. The, well, they're actually using yes. swords, but they're like, yeah. that's the a cool... Sword. Yes, that, yes. The, well, I forgot what they're called, but... And that would he probably. just
5: won't go down. Yes. And like, then he won't... And he won't let go of the sword. Yes, Yes, that is an. So that was another one
3: because we had just I just looked at that to show that, see if I could show that to the kids and stuff. But there's some really good. I think it's a good sequence and it's filmed well, and the the close ups and the slow motion and all what they use the thought process in their heads, and I think it's a pretty cool scene. So yeah, all right, and then back to yeah, I was saying if there's pizza, then uh, if you're doing that chipmunk thing, there better be pizza. All right. Well, yeah, we'll see if we, had a, I don't know if we'll end up doing it in person or, or what,
4: but um, we also might have a, a guest host for that one because we have somebody that we play trivia with on occasion uh, is a big fan of the chipmunk movie. So maybe okay. we'll get her in here to, to talk about it. Um,
3: Cause remember Monday is half price pizza too. So that's awesome. Well,
4: maybe we can, maybe we can swing that all right well so until next week when we got the chipmunk adventure uh in the meantime if you want to get a hold of us you can go to 30podcast.com that's our website uh you can and then there's got a whole bunch of links there where you can email us 30podcast gmail.com we are on twitter at three zero podcast we're on facebook you can also listen to us from stitcher the Satchel Player, Google Play Podcasts, iTunes, and you can just listen directly on 30podcast.com. Uh, so let us know if you're listening to the show and you're enjoying it. Let us know what you're enjoying. Uh, give us some feedback on that. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, so, like I said, we're going to do Chipmunk Adventure, is going to be next week. And then, following that, the next couple weeks in April is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. And then, finally, we're going to finish the month off with Masters of the Universe. So, those are our good, it's our month of good journeys coming up. But uh, until then, thank you guys for stopping by tonight and quoting some some good stuff. Yeah, I'm just going to spend the rest of the week. Just
1: Everybody like, move!
4: You know what? I actually used to do that in the hallway at school when it would get too busy. <laughs> Nobody got the joke. <laughs> None of the kids got it. But I thought it was funny. And you know what? As long as I'm entertained, that's all that matters.
1: That's, that's true. All that matters. All
4: that matters. All right. Well. Everybody have a good night. Um, be excellent to each other Bye. and go see some good movies. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye, doggy.
2: As <laughs> you wish. A prince could have within his keeping His spells to weave and steal a heart Within her breast but only sleeping
0: Bye-bye, boys! Have
2: fun storming the castle! Think it'll work? It
0: would take a miracle.
2: Bye-bye. Bye!